Good evening. And right now I'm watching a film that I've seen bits and pieces of. So in 1978, Igmar Bergman worked with another Swedish icon, Ingrid Bergman, and his muse, Liv Ullmann, in Autumn Sonata. So Ingrid Ingrid Bergman and Igmar Bergman, well, it was kind of a prickly pair, according to Liv Ullmann. Autumn Sonata, released in 1978. Ingrid Bergman, Mimi Polk, a Norwegian pastor's plain wife, Liv Ullmann, resents her visiting mother, Ingrid Bergman, a famous concert pianist. Yeah. Liv Ullmann has said that <laughs> professionally, the, pers- the, the relationship between Ingrid and Igmar was interesting but then there would be screaming matches or how uh, Igmar would have these movie nights and expected everyone to go and Ingrid refused to go she just didn't give a shit and I and I've and according to Liv Ullman that <laughs> sent uh, Igmar Bergman into hysterics and you know, he, he's a director. He's a director and he wants to be in control. So. I do know from watching this that Liv Ullman's character has lost a child. And... Her mother, this concert pianist who is a diva, and in one scene is counting the money of her deceased uh, boyfriend or husband, and then counting her own nest egg, and then she comes to this conclusion that I have she has five million dollars. Meanwhile, she is disturbed and disgusted by her daughter who is um, being cared for by her other daughter and wants her to be perfect Ingrid Bergman's character this concert pianist strives for perfection there's a scene in the film where she asks her daughter to play something and she says oh that I liked it now play something else because she sees imperfections in it I don't know if that's if that's true of Ingrid Bergman. We'd have to ask uh, Isabella Rossellini. Um, but it's not about that tonight. It's about um, it's about Autumn Sonata. Now, in 2022, Liv Ullman will receive the honorary Oscar from the. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Board of Governors because every now and then they give honorary Oscars not competitive Samuel L. Jackson will also be receiving one but Liv Ullman she was nominated twice I think for one was The Immigrants and then I forget what the other one was um So I'm watching it cuz I haven't I've seen bits and pieces of this film. Bits and pieces. But briefly if we can cut away from the film. This is this is Liv Ullman 
for Criterion talking about working with Ingrid Bergman, who she loved, versus the man that gave her this life on film. And also, at one point, they had a relationship, and that's uh, Igmar Bergman. And Because, you know, many have referred to Liv Ullman as Igmar's muse. Every Wednesday, we had to go and see a movie after the shooting. Some of us were tired, but nobody said no, because that was part of the ritual. And we went to see the movie that Ingmar had chosen, and we told Ingrid, oh, it's so fantastic. And we came in, and we all sat down, and everybody sat with folded hands. Let's see now the movie that Ingmar has chosen for us. And the movie started, it was five minutes, and Ingrid got up and she said, no, I'm leaving. I don't have time for this. <laughs> and she she left. No wonder that the two of them had difficulty working together. But, you know, she left the room and I just sat there and I thought, oh, what strength that woman has. She does not have to play being the pleasant, nice woman. She is who she is. I also knew she was ill. I knew she did things that Ingmar asked her. You, you lie here on the floor and then you put your arms uh, behind your head and you lie like that and you breathe like this. And she did it. She did it. She never told him, you can't do that when they have taken away lymph nodes and things under your arm. You can't do that. She did it. He does say in Autumn Sonata that the mother, Ingrid Bergman's character, knows very little about what it means to be a mother. And that's how he portrayed her. Now, Ingrid Bergman knew a lot about what it means to be a mother. She knew a lot about things that she may have made wrong choices. She knew a lot about the way people would criticize her for choices she made, which she would never criticize a man for. During the whole shooting of this movie, I used to really admire Ingrid Bergman. I felt very proud to be a woman. I felt proud to be a mother. I feel proud to share with her for a while this thing to be an actress. That's Liv Ullman in, what year was this? 2013, talking about the Criterion release of Autumn Sonata. I want to give a nod to Jason Almy if shit happens when you party naked because we've often talked about our collections of Criterion. I buy very few and one day I will get to feast upon his Criterion collection while eating a special cookie or pizza. I don't know. That That's up to the others who will be there. Um, as I watch Autumn Sonata I mean they're... they're that's the beauty. First of all, Igmar Bergman loves windows. The way he has the windows and everything, it's almost set up like a stage. You know, um, but it's it's not as naturalistic for me as The Seventh Seal, which is nature and the plague. Here we go. And so they're going to these flashbacks 
between the mother and the daughter that shows the coldness of the mother and they're rehashing she's saying I always wanted to be beautiful like you I always worried that you wouldn't look the way I looked whoa this I was so ugly so she's telling her mother this lean and angular with big cow's eyes big wide lips and no eyebrows and see she's stating to her mother and her mother her she is this concert pianist who strives for perfection and her own daughter to her is not this pristine mark of perfection and so I think they're hashing it out in this scene and Liv Ullman has said in interviews she did not like being mean to Ingrid Bergman she really didn't but they were professionals and they and they did it and um, Ingrid Bergman received her final Oscar nomination for Autumn Sonata. It was her last film. In 1982, she played Golda Meir for a TV movie and died, posthumously won an Emmy for it. But Liv Ullman has nothing but good things to say about Ingrid Bergman. Now, Igmar Bergman, that's a different story. Um, I... From what Liv Ullman said, they did not get along. But it was professional. I'm sure he enjoyed working with her. But as Liv Ullman stated, Ingrid Bergman did not want to, I guess, reveal that she had had the lymph nodes removed. Ultimately, unfortunately, what killed Ingrid Bergman was cancer. And Igmar Bergman's town, I want you to lay on the floor and put your hands behind your head because her and the daughter are having a disagreement, which turns into this emotional crescendo. Yeah. See, the way that Igmar Bergman sets these scenes up, it's very interesting. I, I the, There's a reason why, there's a method to his madness. I know people who can't stand him. Like I said, there's been the jokes before that uh, I remember Whoopi Goldberg once introduced the film Iris with Judy Dench as Iris Murdoch and said, this is a film that even Igmar Bergman found depressing. That's a, that's a, a jab and a joke in a way. At the time, he was still alive. Um, Igmar Bergman died in 2007 at 89. His life is a mystery. His death is a mystery. He lived on an island surrounded by films. This film is, it's almost, from what I've read about Igmar Bergman, he often takes pieces of his life. His father was a man of the clergy. His father was very cold. Okay. There's a lot of controversial things that I read that fascinated Igmar Bergman that we're not going to discuss. But in, in, in Autumn Sonata, he himself is striving for perfection. Because Igmar Bergman be- became this enigma, but associated with very raw, intense emotions. I mean, right now they have HBO scene from, scenes from a marriage, which is basically from Igmar Bergman. Okay, they've redone it. Jessica Chastain, Oscar Isaac. 
So when you go in and you reconstruct something of Igmar Berg, I'm so thankful they, the seventh seal, the the closest to that is the uh, death in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, which basically a death playing chess with the knight. You know what I mean? So, okay, they've drank, they've had some cigarettes. They're having, I guess, a mother-to-mother discussion. It's always an interesting thing I've learned over the years. You just can't hash things out. You just can't. Some things have to... But for for film and for drama, you know, um, it makes for good theater. It makes for good theater. But in real life, no. I, I at one point thought about becoming a shrink early, early in life... And then I was like, there's certain things I don't even want to know about loved ones because they, I don't want to analyze. I don't want to know that I want to keep it, uh, you know, it's like the palm reader, a palm reader. Well, someone I know they're not a professional palm reader, but they once read my palm and said that my lifeline stops here. And then I read something. It could be bullshit that said that when I'm in my eighties, my power I will have to draw from other powers like on my phone I will have to draw from other power sources to continue I don't know what that means uh, but into my 90s who knows what will happen uh, by then probably I'll be floating around on one of those um, I, I don't know I don't know I've often joked that, you know, people go after those of us who have been vaccinated. Oh, I can't believe you did it. You got 5G. Well, if it prolongs our lives, hey, hey, if I live to be 107 and they say it's because of the the Moderna, well, then great. That's great. You know, I have all my shots. I mean, my cat has all of her shots. So I might as well just follow that. And I know I've gone off the page of Autumn Sonata. (laughs) See, the drama unfolds. Ingrid Bergman, first of all, the scene is lit very as, as, as a filmmaker myself. So Ingrid Bergman is wearing this beautiful red... Uh, she's obviously displaying her wealth and her money. It's in her hair. It's in her clothes. But her face is wrought with anguish and resent- regret. Obviously, Igmar said, no makeup. <laughs> and they're sitting in front of this candle, drinking, hashing out the past. You know, and you really can't. What is it Tom Wolf said? You can't go home. You can't go back. I don't know. See, and now she's talking about people who are... It's it's along the lines of um, the turning point where Anne Bancroft's character is a successful ballerina and Shirley MacLaine's character could have had that success. And so she's going to live through her daughter for that. And in a way, it's similar in this aspect in Autumn Sonata. 
and she's talking about her love for music to her daughter. Obviously, she doesn't have very much love for her daughter. Is that a form of neglect? And that's always the thing with women and men who chase success and with Ingrid Bergman in real life. I mean, she was vilified in the press because she uh, left her husband for Rossellini and had the two twins. And America America has problems when it comes to sex. They always have. And they put religion in it. And it's, it's a fuck fest. Um, but yeah, and, and poor Ingrid Bergman. Just, she's just an actress. And you have these morality bullshit codes and... They wouldn't let her back into the country. She won her second Oscar for Anastasia or Anastasia. I say Anastasia because that's how you say it. And didn't come and collect the Oscar. And then won her third and final Oscar for Murder on the Orient Express. Where she plays this this nanny who has found Jesus. I, I didn't, As I would say, I didn't know he was lost. How'd you find him? It's like a boomerang coming back. It's, this is interesting. I, I haven't. I, I really can't watch it now because I'm talking to you all about it. But uh, from a visual standpoint, Igmar Bergman knew what he was doing. He was both provocateur. He was sadist. He was he was making love to film because he's showing you these are images that he loves, and he loves high drama. He loves people who fuck with each other emotionally because the mother and the daughter are hashing it out. This is before Jerry Springer. This is before Oprah. This is before Barbara. Well, this is when Barbara Walters was making people cry. And in Ingrid Bergman, there is this resentment and the daughter is crying and saying, mother, you never did this for me. And because she chased success is that right to do? Is that to say, well, to chase, you know, your parents who are successful and to say, well, you never did this for me. And that's where I say I don't believe in hashing it out. You just can't because you open up Pandora's box and you can never close. The trust will be gone forever. And that is Autumn Sonata. Sonata, the piano, you know. Moonlight and Sonata, of course. But Autumn, they are both in the Autumn period, especially Ingrid Bergman, of their lives. And Liv Liv Ullman's such a great actress. She doesn't even have to really talk if you just look at her eyes. It's so expressive. and There's always something striking about Liv Ullman. And the same could be said about Ingrid Bergman. You think Ingrid Bergman is so well known for... Casablanca and for whom the bell tolls where she cut her hair off and she had that short hair and I supposedly she had an affair with Gary Cooper during the making of for whom the bell tolls I mean that's it's it's Hemingway it's Hemingway it, it's I watched it maybe bits and pieces if I there are certain films I'll go back and watch that I'm planning to I haven't watched Lawrence in Arabia in a long time I haven't watched for whom the, for whom the bell tolls. It's very very long. It's it's Hemingway. I mean, for years, well, for maybe about two years. I remember the first time I watched uh, Doctor Zhivago, and I didn't like it. 
I thought it was so depressing, but I think it was because it was cold. It was February. I was not, I was sick. And you know, when you're, when you're sick and you watch like Russian drama, it fucks with your head. And I, then I remember I told a friend of mine, a friend and professor whom I adore uh, and loves films as well. And she said, go back and watch it again. She says, that's Russian drama. I said, okay. So I watched it, Dr. Zhivago, from a different standpoint, different set of lens. And I loved it. I got it. And of course, Omar Sharif, come on. And then I was, and and then I was told later that from by my mother that my grandmother loved Doctor Zhivago, and here my mother loves the English Patient. These two epics, and the English Patient I watched once, and I just thought, oh my god, this is just nuts, nuts. Versus Doctor Zhivago, which is so. First of all, Zhivago is a poet, yeah. But back to Autumn Sonata. Which is an epic. Okay, and the the emotions. See the emotions, and what? So, Egmar Bergman does not chase after the vanity of this. And see, this is where Liv Ullman. So she just hit Ingrid Bergman. She talked about that. She said she did not like being mean to Ingrid Bergman. But it was part of. It's what the character called for. When these actresses come together. And have these moments where they hash it out. And that and I think that right there is what gave Ingrid her final Oscar nomination. She did not win. Um I'm trying to remember who won that year. In nineteen nineteen seventy eight. Okay. Was it was it Norma Ray? Was it let's see. That's always the thing. When when those Oscars come around. In Melvin Douglas's case, you know, he was older, and of course they're going to give it to him. Okay. Ah. Ah. The nominees were Ingrid Bergman for Autumn Sonata, Ellen Burstyn, same time next year, Jill Kleber for the unma- An Unmarried Woman, Geraldine Page for Interiors, and the winner was Jane Fonda for Coming Home. Now, Jane Fonda had some major, major clout. Didn't hurt that she was Henry Fonda's daughter. But she herself became this really great actress of controversy because of what happened in Hanoi. And yes, she has apologized for it, but she she will forever live with that. What she did was wrong. What she did was wrong. Uh... But aside from that, she she had she had a she had a very long career. So when she I'm sure she said something when she beat out Ingrid Bergman for Autumn Sonata. And if we look more okay, so Autumn Sonata, ninety nine minutes. Yeah. Hmm. Liv Ullman wasn't nominated, unfortunately. That's the that's the unfortunate thing. Liv Liv Ullman is, I think, you know, when they give them the honorary Oscars. Okay, she was nominated for 
the immigrants and Igmar Bergman's face to face. So I'm looking at an image right now. I'm doing this in a different context where I'm watching the film and I'm talking to you about it. And the the contour of the two faces here. You have that Ingrid Bergman's face. She's in her autumn. She is at death's door. Or the character is. And she is wrought with guilt. And you can see it in her face. She's trying to hide it with her hairdo. And then... And, and yet she's she's very dressed. You know, she's got that red outfit on. And then you've got Liv Ullman, whose face, whose expressions have changed. Where she's calmer now. And she's searching. She's searching for something. So Autumn Sonata really is about searching and, and hashing it out. Reliving these past discrepancies that these two women have together. It could be done with men. It could. Because it's not always... I think that's the unfortunate sexism of film. Is that only women could do that. Well, men could do that too. Men could do that too. Uh, In what context? Hashing it out. Talking about the past. Resentment. Regret. So, that is Autumn Sonata. We're doing this in a different way. at The Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. As I said, I watch films. Tomorrow night, I'm going to go see St. Vincent in Berkeley. So obviously I will be doing a show about St. Vincent, Annie Clark, who, first of all, that guitar playing, that really is refreshing in this really crazy pop reality star world where people want something for nothing, but it doesn't work that way. And finally... I want to say a big fuck you to Saturday Night Live for putting Kim Kardashian as your your host in October. I will not be watching. And that's fine. That's fine. But I will be watching for Halsey, who is such a great musical performer. I think she is desperate. I, I think whatever we'll call her Mrs. West is desperate for screen time because her show is gone. It's gone. Good riddance. I usually don't have that on my show talking about that bullshit, but so many of you want to watch it and it's just like, who cares? She does not belong in television. She does. Really? I love how people, but she's successful. You're a hater. No, I have a real life. Okay. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs>